Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast, the podcast in which Stephen Altrogi, Barnabas Piper, and Ted Cluck cheerfully rant about all the things that don't matter all that much. And now, buckle up for today's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back into the Happy Rant Podcast. Uh, I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by uh, my boys, Ronnie J. Martin and uh, B-Pipe, Barnabas Piper. How you doing, gentlemen? Good. I'm doing well. Guys, yes. it has been a uh, it has been a huge week for the program. You know, mm. I mean you try to you try to maintain this work life balance wherein um, you know you, you continue to live the rest of your life in the midst of all the all the fame and opportunity that comes your way via a uh, a podcast like this. But uh, so the other day, man, I'm 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 checking email and uh, and looking at my phone and stuff is just pouring in about uh, how Phil Vischer had mentioned us on uh, on his podcast. And for a little while, I did the thing where, like, I pretend to be excited just because I don't want people to know that I don't know, you know, what something is or who something is. But then uh, finally, I just texted Barnabas and said, who, who's Phil Vischer? And, uh, <laughs> it was a classic moment. Very tense. And, and Barnabas was very gracious about it. And uh, and he let me know that Phil Vischer was the guy who uh, invented uh, VeggieTales. Am yeah, I right? He was, he was the creator of VeggieTales and has done a podcast uh, for a number of years, pretty successful one. And I mean, he's done a number of other creative things, but the VeggieTales thing was was his big deal. Yeah. Wow, man. So so like talking vegetables was that whole thing. And, and the, the thing of it is, it was strange. Like, I was, of course, like a grown man when that when that thing launched, so I missed it on that end. And then I didn't have kids until uh, really that had kind of jumped the shark. So I, I, I missed the whole VeggieTales window completely. Um, but I am I am stoked that he mentioned us on his podcast. So yeah, it, it was pretty fun. He uh, I guess somebody had sent in a question and asked him for recommended podcasts, and he doesn't listen to very many. So he he got a friend who who listens to recommend, and we were the first one they mentioned. But then they wow. went on like a seven minute tangent about whether or not being irreverent is bad. Because yeah, the, that the, was interesting. The guy described yeah, our podcast as as funny, lighthearted, and irreverent, and uh, and one of Phil's co hosts said that that made it sound like we were being irreverent to God, even though. <laughs> there was no context for the comment, but apparently we're blasphemous. So that's cool. Good, yeah. We can throw She's that one in. About that, man. Who, who was that, by the way? I have no who idea. I, yeah. I, I, and I don't say that spitefully. Like, I genuinely don't know who it was. Yeah, yeah. Was well, it his wife? I thought it, I thought it might have been his wife or Sandy Patty or one. I don't know. It was, yeah. it, Let's it go was with one Sandy of those Patty. characters. I, I mean, Dude, I don't I, want to speak poorly about his wife. I want to think of it as being Sandy Patty. Because yeah, I want to think of Sandy Patty thinking about us. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's it's much less awkward than thinking about Phil Vischer's wife in the same way. You know what? Right. I want to imagine that it was Amy Grant talking about us. It was not Amy Grant unless Amy's you know been blonde recently. Yeah, okay. So right. it, it definitely was not AG. So Sandy Patty, it is. She said that we were irreverent and questioned our morality and, and called us pseudo blasphemous or something to that effect. Dude, there it is. Breaking news from uh, from Christian Entertainment from the radio world, and by that we mean. Talking into our computers. Yes, the subscribe, the subscribe and download on the internet world. Exactly. Well, guys, that wasn't the only exciting thing that happened last week. Uh, we also acquired a new uh, a new sponsor here for the program. Um, Barnabas, why don't you tell us about uh, Missional Wear? Yes, Missional Wear. It uh, could also be labeled, and this is actually a suggested rebrand for the folks at Missional Wear. We think that you could possibly do even better than you're doing if you relabeled yourself Calvinist Swag. 
There you so, go. That's, and that Chaz that, Marriott texted that in when he when he heard about it. So and he, that would hit again to to uh, to channel Chaz Marriott. That would hit their target demo right. Oh, it, in it totally the sweet would. Spot. Barnabas, I, I just looked at the site for a minute, and it's all this like uh, you know T-shirts with like bearded Calvinist yes. like guys on it, which is is what everybody in that in that culture is into. Yeah, so. I mean their their header has Spurgeon, Luther, Calvin, Edwards, uh, some other Puritan whose face I don't recognize. Um, <clears throat> we'll call him Charles Finney just to make people mad. And, oh uh, no! Yeah, and then and and glorious beards. So it's. It's T-shirts, it's coffee mugs, it's pint glasses because, of after course. all, it's Calvinist yourself. swag. But Absolutely. there's also some more artistic stuff. There's wall decals. There's uh, you know the sort of hand-drawn style uh, like wall hangings, poster prints. They're, yeah, they're they're very artfully done. There are notepads, but these T-shirts have they have like Spurgeon and hipster glasses, and you know sort of the yeah. the silhouette of a beard, and then a Spurgeon quote about growing a beard. Uh, Joe Thorne, if you do not have that one, you have you have failed in your bearded <laughs> glory. So and he actually has that tattoo, that that shirt tattooed like on his torso. <laughs> he just he just yes, he just has it tattooed and doesn't wear. Is Missional wear Joe Thorne's company? I mean, I think that's what we need to ask. I don't think so, but he could easily be a stakeholder in it. Like this stuff looks like him, possibly a little. I think bit. it looks legit. It's great, the dude. I wish I was a great. stakeholder in it. I feel like it's going to be raining money on this company. So if if you're somebody who's looking for great gift ideas for the reformed people in your life, this is actually really <laughs> quality stuff. This is. It's not like the Lord's Gym T-shirt stuff. It's yeah. it's. It has an ironic twist to it, but then there's also some very tasteful stuff too. So go take a look. It's at missionalware.com. And here's the deal because we, they, they're offering a very nice deal. You get a 15% discount if you use the code HAPPYRANT at purchase. And on top of that, they have made exclusive Happy Rant like decal stickers that they will give to anybody who places a purchase using that code. It's almost worth it to go buy something just to get the sticker. So it's it's our logo uh, on a sticker, the kind of thing you can put on your laptop or a guitar case, or you know you can put it on your car if you wanted to, but one of those decal stickers. Uh, so use the code HAPPYRANT, get a 15% discount in that, and get all the Calvinist swag you can handle. Baby, I noticed that uh, Reformed Pubcast actually has a, a pint glass available through that website. So I... I would like there to be happy rant uh, pint glasses as well. I I think that only makes sense. Missional wear, Calvinist Cal- swag, make this happen. You can do absolutely. this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's getting competitive. It's getting, it's, 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 now. It's getting competitive between the podcasts now, isn't it, gentlemen? Podcast wars. It's a podcast beef. It's like hip-hop. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it's like East and West Coast, except that we don't really know where they are and we're scattered all over the place. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. So many people have been hurt by that, you know? I, I yeah. I want, I want us to be above it as a podcast, you know? Well, Force uh, awakens. yeah, guys, that's, uh, that's exciting stuff, man. And, um, we've got some other things to talk about. Barnabas, uh, why, why don't we throw a little love to, uh, our boys at resonate recordings as well? Yes, absolutely. Uh, resonate recordings. They're the ones who edit this. We don't do a lot of editing except when Ronnie curses too much. Uh, but they, they master it. They put the bumpers on it. They get me the files in timely fashion so we can get this thing posted. They also do sermon audio stuff. If you wanted to start a podcast, they can help you out. They do studio recordings for artists. You can find out more at ResonateRecordings.com. But want to say thank you to them for always doing fine work and helping us out. So shout out to Resonate. Absolutely. Thanks, boys. Um, Guys, this is kind of the, the holiday extravaganza app, I'm told. So, absolutely. Uh, 
that that word came down from corporate that we were to do a holiday episode. Not a Christmas episode. It's a holiday no, no. episode. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we don't want to offend anyone, and uh, and that, and that's the way we like it. So, um, but I did get this as a suggested topic, um, and this is going to offend because it has the word Christmas in it. Um, we were we were asked to uh, debate or talk about what our favorite Christmas movies are. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw that out to you guys, and you, you can uh, you can run wild with that topic for a few minutes. Ronnie, you can take this one first. I feel like I feel like you have a lengthy list. You probably love Christmas movies. Ronnie's that's a the, Christmas that's guy. The, man. That's he the looks, sense I, I am. Get. I'm a, I'm the consummate Christmas guy. I honestly, you know, if I were to stack up, you know, all the people I've ever known, I've never met a more Christmas guy than myself. If I do say mm. so. Do you answer the but, phone, Buddy the Elf? What's your favorite color? You know, I mean, I, I don't try to get that kitschy with it, to be honest, BP. But uh, you know, I, I do. I'm very serious about making sure that I, uh, you know, I kind of take a stroll down down Christmas movie lane every year. There's like standards that I always have to watch. A couple of them for me would be the George C. Scott version of A Christmas Carol, which I think is is kind of the uh, the classic version. Better you know, or worse uh, than the Muppets Christmas Carol. I mean that that's just it's insulting to even have to dignify that with an answer. Um, <laughs> I think um I, I think you know it's a wonderful life, of course, is one of the all time greats. But here's the thing, fellas, I, I like all the claymations too. I like a little uh, Rudolph, I like a little Santa Claus is coming to town. I mean there's a high nostalgic factor for all those all those in the air too. And, and you know, some of the mod you know, I think Elf is a modern classic. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Elf is I mean, solid. Yeah, Elf is solid. You don't see a lot of modern Christmas classics being made these days, which I think is disappointing. Mm. And uh, but yeah, I think those are some of the good ones: Christmas Carol, Wonderful Life, some of the claymation features. I'm going to take um, issue with you yeah. on "It's a Wonderful Life," dude. Me well, too. That's insane. Man. I, I that's hate an that insane movie. thing. To that try movie to do sucks. Right now, I, that yeah, movie is depressing, awful. man. It always just bums me out. It gets me down. It's, it's. I see. I don't know if you guys are joking right now because it's. Like, you're not really. It's like. I mean, are you guys going to start like saying something negative about the Bible next? I mean, I don't even know how to respond to that. You know. <laughs> Barnabas, no, I, go, man. Give him your. Give him your logic because I feel like we're gonna. We're gonna be of one mind on this. One. I, if can a movie? You be don't even great? know what to say. You don't even have anything. Yeah, I'm so. I'm so. I'm so floored <laughs> by the fact that people think that movie is amazing. I'm. I'm struggling to come up with it. How can a movie be amazing if it's heinously boring? It is that super just didn't, that, nothing. You, you didn't grow up watching it, did you? That's what. That's the vibe I'm getting right now. Oh, so so if you liked something at seven years old, it's, <laughs> you're supposed to like it as an adult. Dude, no, so, it's so just with Christmas stands movies, I mean, that, ex, that explains my affinity factors. for the Muppet Christmas Carol. But uh, but but I think I think there's supposed to be different kinds of movies. I think what happens is is that it's something that creates a level of memory and nostalgia. So even if the movie in and of itself is not really like a cinematic masterpiece, it's what it evokes that kind of brings it all back for you. So um, to me that that movie is about a guy who just kind of doesn't get to do anything that he wanted to do. And he just has a bunch of people telling him, yeah, you know what? Your life doesn't, it doesn't actually suck. Even though you feel like it does, it doesn't see, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Well, I've I think never that's heard a synopsis line. like that, Big T. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should be thinking about a career as a movie critic. I mean, I, you know, that movie, dude. I don't know though. Am, am I right? Do is there a shred of truth in what I'm saying though? Yes, more than a shred. At least two shreds. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. If you want to, yeah. If you want to describe it in one sentence, sure. But I mean, there's some there's some nuances in there. I mean, it's Jimmy Stewart. It's dude. Don I know. Reed. I, I do I mean, love you know. Jay Stu. 
You know, he doesn't. I mean, actually, you know, see, I, it's may, a, maybe it's that I don't really like Jimmy Stewart all that much. Well, I, that's valid. I think I, that's valid. I find him really annoying. It's like he's always doing a voiceover for another character when he talks. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, hey, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. He's not Ryan, really what one about of my you, favorite. Man? What, are, what are you watching at Christmas time, man? What are your uh, Christmas time movie favorites? Well, uh, Elf. Elf is a is a modern classic. It helps that I have young younger children who really love it because it's a movie that can make adults and kids laugh, and you can generally feel safe watching with your kids. Is not an easy thing to come across. Uh, I would say Die Hard is one of the best uh, Christmas movies. See, that's that's number one on my list, man. I only mentioned Elf first because it came up already. Uh, Die Hard would be before Elf. Okay, I'm um, really confused right now. Have you seen Die Hard? Of course not. But I mean, I'm okay. why is Die Baby, Hard a Christmas? Are you kidding me? You haven't seen Die Hard? I, I would never. T. I would never watch. I would never watch a movie like that. Dude, listen to me, man. <laughs> you like this is watch- Pastor Ronnie lying to save his job. Dude, this this no, is it's me. Not, I mean, it's not. Are you kidding? I could lose in the town I'm in. I could lose my job for having not watched Die Hard. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> dude. Your town, man, where everybody's like toting a pistol to church and. Everybody thinks they're John McClane in that town, you know? He doesn't know who yeah. John McClane is, but... So, baby, let me give you the synopsis for, uh, for Die Hard, okay? Um, yeah, there's, there, there's a guy, Bruce Willis. He's a New York cop. Uh, flies to L.A. for, uh, for Christmas. And oh, he for goes Christmas. To, so, it is, so that's where you're drawing the... No, it's, it's, it's Christmas. It's on Christmas Eve. He flies to L.A. Uh, he goes to the Nakatomi building, which is this huge, you know, brand new kind of L.A. skyscraper. Uh, the building gets taken over... Uh, by Hans Gruber and his band of uh, of German terrorists, and McLean, the New York cop, kind of gets loose in the building and one by one, like takes down uh, all these terrorists and saves a bunch of lives so that everybody can go back to enjoying Christmas. Uh, it's outstanding, man. I watch it every year without fail. Ted, it sounds horrible, and I don't like gun movies, so I, you know, yeah. But Dude, I really, appreciate no you guys. No gun movies for you. No gun movies for you. Yeah, I don't. I don't do that. Tombstone. So. Ever watch Tombstone? Yeah, that's, oh, you that's know, a I, have, I have a soft spot for westerns. I'll be that, honest with not, you. Not a Christmas movie, but I would rather watch that at Christmas time than most Christmas movies. I agreed 100%. I think, DP, I have to ask, man. I just feel like you're a guy that didn't grow up watching the Christmas movies, and that's where this is coming from. Is that accurate? Oh, that's uh, the first half of that is definitely true that uh, that I did not grow up watching them, but I'm not sure that that invalidates my opinion because I'm an objective third party. And when I come to these movies late and I realize that all these movies that everybody says are awesome actually suck, why am I wrong? No, no, no. Because here's the thing: because technically speaking, most of these movies, in terms of movies, are horrible. But that's but what they are. They, They're movies. If they evoke like the childhood memories of Christmas, that's what keeps you coming back to them. Hmm. Pipe, let me uh, let me ask you this as a follow up, man. What did uh, what did John Piper watch uh, around Christmas time? I mean, what was what was he throwing in the old Piper family VCR? <laughs> Piper didn't have a VCR. Really? Wow. Yes. So nothing. But dude, now he did he ever even do the thing where he like brought it home from church and it was like a big exciting like movie night or like you rented uh, a couple something? times. I mean, it, they weren't like TV is immoral. We just they yeah. left it out of the house because their their thought was if we have it, we'll watch it, and there are better things to do. And so uh, we like no, I didn't grow up watching any of these. I I think the first one I remember watching was a Christmas story. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't move my Ralphie. arms. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. that would be in my top five for sure. I don't know if I have that's five, a, but it would be in my top five. That's a nice movie, man. That's a nice little movie. See that one? That one I saw maybe when I was in junior high for the first time, and it amused yeah. me to no end. And then Home Alone and Home Alone Two are both uh, 
those those are both excellent Christmas movies as well. Showed my kids Home Alone for the first time last year and watched my six year old about pee herself laughing. So oh, that's a fun time. That man. one that one's a good one. Um, but I can't think of too many others that I just that I would just love to watch every year. My wife loves like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and those and. And I'm glad that she has two little daughters to watch those with because Dude, I those find all them bore so me. boring. So yeah, boring. I was gonna say Miracle on 34th is in my top five. So okay, yeah, the new version too, not the old. So what we've determined is that Ronnie, Ronnie is a Ronnie, sentimentalist with a heart. You love and nostalgia. You guys are describe it. Now listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another one out, Big R, and uh, I'm gonna see if you've seen this one. This is uh, this is one of our Christmas favorites. It's Love Actually. Yes. Either of you guys seen Love Actually? Is that uh, uh, is that like the great. ensemble cast British one? Exactly, yes, it's, ensemble it's cast. A, it's what I would call barely a Christmas movie. Yes, dude, it's a Christmas movie in the same way that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I.e., it takes place around Christmas. But, right, exactly. I mean, it's so, not manifestly a but Christmas. Like, movie. Christmas is an important part of that because isn't that part of the it's reason why people end up where they are? You know, holiday stuff. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. thought that one was surprisingly good. I, th- I thought it, I think it's really good. Yeah, very watchable. Uh, good writing, I think. Lots of uh, lots of good performances. And, yeah, it's and an not adult boring. drama, though. It's an it's adult, an adult drama. drama. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not watching Love Actually with your with your kids. Probably, I mean, yeah, look, prob- I think probably you know, I think an important point is that you know, look, if you didn't to go back and start watching these movies having no connection with them as a kid, I think it I think it takes away a lot of the charm of them. So to try to watch, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer right now as a 30 something or a 40 something, it's just man, it's going to lack some context. Oh, for here's you. here's yeah. a a classic that I actually like. The What's original that? animated uh, Grinch movie. I mean, I realize the thing's oh, like 15 go. minutes That's long a classic. or whatever, but it's a classic. uh but that Dude, was, I kind of like all the Grinch movies, to be honest. Those are, the only reason I specify that one is because I haven't seen, like, the was it Jim Carrey who was in? Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that one in full. I've only seen a little bit. Well, then, Piper, you understand totally because all the other sort of, you know, cartoony or animated classics, they're just like the Grinch. They're just like that. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, I have more uh, empathy or sympathy for, uh, I don't know which it is, for the animated ones than the real people ones. The animated ones, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I tend to like those more. The, the other ones tend to really be boring. Now, You're just Barnabas, anti-people. Me, we get that. Yes. Nailed it. Barnabas, let me throw out a hypothetical uh, right. scenario for you, okay? Let's assume that uh, a friend of yours, and by a friend, I mean an acquaintance whom you've never met in person and, and only co-host a podcast with, uh, was actually working on sort of a – crackling fire warm sweater kind of soft focus christmas book you know like the christmas sweater or something like that uh-huh. you know what i mean yeah and if this person were to publish that novel uh would you buy it and read it uh, i would ask for a free copy and then i would tweet about <laughs> it and that would be my contribution <laughs> well let me just say thank you ahead of time bp and i appreciate that and i'll expect to see that a year from today when it gets also, released that's yeah, also so- true for the books that most of my friends write in most contexts <laughs> Start working on a on a tweet now, Ronnie. You mentioned this sort of half in jest, like this, this thing's actually happening. And you and you mentioned like the award you can win for it, which was named after like some woman from the eighties. It was like the Ashley Award or like the yeah, it's called or something. Well, there's a couple of them. Yeah, okay. one of them's called a Christie Award, and oh, uh, that was one it, called Christie. Yeah. Car- You're just getting it confused up with that uh, that that uh, TV show about the the medical doctor lady, right. or no, she was a school teacher. What was she? 
I always got Christy Dr. and Dr. Quinn, Quinn medicine woman mixed up. Yeah. You know, it's probably the same thing. The award's probably named after her, let's be honest. But yeah, that would be Christy? the uh, that would be the Christian Christmas fiction awards. Yeah. Christy was a different show, Ted. There was Dr. Was. Quinn medicine woman and then there was another one. I think she was a school teacher. She Dude, right. She was a school teacher. I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. Christy. So so you're yes. going to win the Christy for the Christmas sweaters is what we're hearing. Well, I would like to I, – I mean I would hope to at least be in the running for either a Christie or a Carol Award, yes. That you just want to – oh, Carol. That, okay, so, so there's a Christie named after sort of the 30-something Christian woman and then there's the Carol named after like the, the 62-year-old Christmas woman. Yeah, Christian. no, she, it's named after Carol Burnett, right. Mm. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, um, that, yeah, that, that would be an award to win. That would be an award to win. These named are probably after Carol not Spurs. that prestigious, that unfortunately. <laughs> but – well, you know, I is, just we'll see when the book drops if it wins any awards. But you know, we but this is exciting. I'll tweet about it, and that'll help, dude. Can you Absolutely. can you give a little insight into the cover? Are we looking at like a? I'm envisioning like a like a a window with sort of snow piled up around it, and like a little crackling fire and inside the window. There has to be a wreath on it. You like know, one can only hope. You know? What, whatever you know, whatever Nicholas Sparks or Richard Paul Evans, whatever their covers look like, that's that's what the cover will look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's evoking so emotion, just as you speak. Yeah. Oh, it is. I'm not I sure mean, it's the emotions think, you want, but it's evoking them. I mean, literally, there's tears coming down my eyes right now just discussing it with you boys. Not a dry eye in the house, guys. <laughs> you know? It's allergy season. That's how powerful this stuff is. You know what? We all Books have change our, people. We all have our, our non-guilty pleasures. Right? I don't think you should feel guilty about writing it. I, I, I don't. Good. You shouldn't. Yeah. <clears throat> Barnabas, if you've learned anything, it's that Ronnie has never once felt guilty about, about anything yet. So At least not anything sensitive. He, right. he brings a good balance to this because uh, I don't do sensitivity terribly well. And Ted, uh, you're, you're, you're more wide-ranging than I am, but Ronnie is a really nice sensitive balance, to at least to me. Well, thanks, BP. Nobody's ever said that about me before. I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's actual sensitivity or just sort of media-related sensitivity. You know what I mean? But I, I guess that's that's what the program is for, guys. We get to it's an exploration kind of, of self. It really is. We get to work this out, and it's like a yeah, it's like a just a sociological experiment every week. You know, you get to see who we are. So our our holiday special has has really meandered into the psychoanalysis. Of yeah, the and, yeah. It's, well, yeah, this is this is like the the post Christmas dinner. Everybody's had too much to drink and are sharing too much. Maybe let's move right. on to other things. This is like you go to your therapist and you're laying on the chaise lounge and and he's like, "Tell me about Christmas," and then all this stuff comes out. That's right, and we talk about all the things that our family did that angered us, but all we couldn't the, confront all the it because Stewart we're passive aggressive. Well, I guess, and honestly, that's a good seg into um, into another topic that really I was I wasn't all that stoked about. It was uh, Christmas traditions, and that felt kind of meh to me. But but I guess if we I mean, if we take it more in that direction well, this, of uh, – This was posed by a listener who didn't just want to know what are our Christmas traditions, but like what are the weirder Christmas traditions? And I'll go first because um, because our family's weird. Yeah. So number one, we never had a Christmas tree. I didn't have a Christmas tree until wow. I got married. No kidding. Nope. My parents <clears> – so everything my parents did around holidays was they wanted sort of a one-to-one correlation with the meaning of the holiday. They couldn't, okay. they couldn't find it for the Christmas tree. You know, the, the correlation to like Jesus died on a tree or something or yeah, right. whatever. That, that wasn't, never worked. That huh? wasn't good enough. That was not a one degree of separation correlation. So they, they – no tree. So we had a fairly large uh, creche, you know, manger set that had been hand carved by a German craftsman. And they bought it when my dad was getting his doctorate <laughs> over there. 
And so that was the centerpiece of our decorations. And then my oh, mom had it. my mom had like 50 other nativity sets that would go up around the house, like little hand carved ones from every country she's visited. And there's a lot of countries. So that was uh, that was that was the centerpiece of it. The other the other sort of semi. Oh, it's not semi. It was just straight up awkward. Was the fact that my parents could churchify any holiday. Okay. So every Christmas Eve, you know, we do like the Christmas Eve dinner, and then we'd read the read the Luke two account of of the birth of Christ, and sure, we'd we'd sure. open one gift, and then when I was little, we would go to bed at you yeah. know, eight o'clock or whatever, and then we'd wake up two hours later. And and get ready to go to a candlelight Christmas Eve service. Wait, wow. wait, 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 BP. Two hours later, the service started at like ten forty-five, and it was supposed to end on Christmas Day. It was a oh, lesson. That's just brutal. It was a lessons and carols thing, like a pretty typical Christmas Eve. So you sing your songs yeah. and you read all the passages out of Isaiah and and Luke and whatever else. And uh, but we started it at 10.45 at night. And so that means you can wish Merry Christmas to everybody on your way out the door to the negative 912-degree Minnesota winter that will freeze your face <laughs> off on the way home to try to go back to sleep to wake up like three hours later and annoy your parents. Yeah, Dude, I mean, no Kirk, I'm still fascinated by the let's put you to bed for two hours at 8 before we wake you up at 10. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was when I was little. By the time I got into like middle school, I didn't have to go to bed anymore, and I just got to stay up until – until we went to the service. But, uh, I mean, you, you've had a young child. You know that if they don't get sleep, they're little demon children. And so that would have ruined Christmas. The other thing that could have also solved it was not making me go to the service. But that that never entered my parents' mind. Dude, there, there, there's something about northern Calvinists where they just love being miserable. You know what I mean? <laughs> They live, they're not happy unless they're miserable. They love they love walking out in a negative twelve degree like Arctic blast. Well, and Big T, I love I love how you've made the distinction now between regular Calvinists and Northern Calvinists. No, maybe which of it's course, different, man. You it's would different. fit into that being from Michigan originally. I mean, you're going to have to be in that category now, dude. Listen, when I was a kid, here was our tradition. So we went to we went to a Presby church um, for a while, kind of through the. I don't know, maybe the middle school, high school years, and they would do this interminable Christmas Eve service where you would show up and Let's, you would literally sing like – Quick pause. Well, all Christmas Eve services are interminable. Oh, <laughs> dude, nothing, <laughs> nothing ruins the celebration of Christmas like getting dressed up in your oh, stupid absolutely. bow tie and getting dragged to church. Well, and dude, we would do, we would do presents. We do a lot of presents on Christmas Eve in my family and, and you know, there would be this great spread of food that you had to wait for and then you – so you go to church – you know, you sing all 62 verses of every hymn, like, that has anything to do with Christmas. You try and, to hit the notes in O Holy Night. Oh, dude, it's do. just, it was, it was this marathon thing, and you're looking around at, like, <laughs> the, just the life force being sucked out of everyone in the room, you know. And uh, they, they finally let you out, and you trudge back home to your food, and, and you just got nothing left in the tank, you know. <laughs> and and, was, and so what ages was this? I'm trying to picture, was this, like, Ted, Ted, like in a clip-on bow tie, or Ted, dude, like no. in middle school, high school. What was this, dude? This is Ted, like big high school jock Ted, in like oh, a man, in like a sweater and like khakis and like Piper. This was 2014, Ted. <laughs> yeah, this, this is last year, Ted. You know, and by used to go to a Presby church and got dragged, he means that his wife grabbed him by the the uh, the man bun and hauled yeah. him to church. Yeah. Exactly. So, so Ted, so you're trying to tell me that there was a brief period of time. 
when your when your parents, your your dispy parents, were actually Northern Calvinists at a Presby church. Dude, yeah, they they did a they did a little turn at a Presby church, man. And I, I would say now, like, in, in, in the best possible way, like they don't they don't identify with all the kind of new Calvinist obnoxiousness, but they're but they're you know decidedly reformed in their in their thinking and in their theology. So I think it influenced them. But it was oh, I just, didn't know that. I, I never got yeah, that vibe. I, yeah, I thought yeah, they were like just, they've. You know they've they've journeyed to to that place and they've kind of landed there, which I think is is great for them. But, but still yeah, fiercely but, fiercely dispensational still though, of course. Dude, no, I, w- I wouldn't say they were ever fiercely dispensational. I just think that, that early on they they kind of you know, but but in the seventies and eighties, dude, everybody was kind of dispensational. No, you it's know? true. It's true. I mean, it was just it was just that time. But uh, but but yeah, for them, I mean. You know, kind of their their dabbling in Calvinism was my high school years, and it was just yeah, a lot of sitting, man, a lot of sitting. On <laughs> I, I love the, you use the phrase dabbling in Calvinism the way some people talk about like the occult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or drugs. Yeah, they started experimenting. You guys, it was really, it was really crazy. <laughs> it's like yeah, it was sort of a hate Ashbury kind of yeah, hate weird Ashbury. Vibe. It, was a, it was a it was a wild time. In there, it's like going to missionaware.com and doing some tentative clicks on some orders. Some tentative clicks. You know, they looked at some things. Yeah. But that, but that's mainly because they couldn't use the code Happy Rant and get fifteen percent off and a sticker. Well played. Uh, now that's good well radio, played. right there. That's right. Product well placement. Played. Oh, I, th- I thought of another another tradition that we had along the uh, just the weird churchy lines. Um, <clears throat> so, Christmas stockings, one of the most okay. traditional things. You hang them up on the mantle, and Santa Claus or whoever's playing Santa Claus comes and fills them up with all sorts of trinkets and goodies on Christmas Eve. And you, you can run down on Christmas morning and get them. Well, Santa Claus is not in the Bible, so he did not make an appearance at our place. And mm-hmm. uh, so we didn't do stockings. But my parents were uh, were not they, – they were not opposed to giving gifts and things like that. So what we would do is what uh, my mom called – what did she call them? Uh, shepherd's pouches. Oh my because goodness, that's dude, that biblical. is so priceless and it's, awkward. Isn't it amazing? So, that's amazing. So, I mean, Ted, like for literally from this day forward, Ted, we will be doing shepherd's pouches for the rest of our lives. Yeah, we? Big R, I want, I want to get a shepherd's pouch from you. But this wasn't just straight like I come down and find a burlap sack, which is what they actually were. Full <laughs> dude, of, they were, full they of were not burlap sacks. They were straight up burlap. They were yes. drawstring burlap bags. But decorated but, or adorned in any way or just uh, plain straight up burlap? It's hard to decorate. Oh, what, burlap's not good enough for It's you, hard to decorate I mean, burlap. <laughs> Dude, no, I just want to make sure the burlap didn't detract from from thoughts about Christ. It was straight so, burlap. It's really I, hard I to decorate burlap. It's, burlap. it's absorbent. So unedited um, burlap. Unedited <laughs> raw burlap. Yeah, and vintage and burlap. No blended fabric because Leviticus says that's that's against yeah. the law. Um, but so what we were supposed to do was put like a gift in it at night, you know, so a dollar or our whatever we had collected. And this would be something that my parents would then give to like a crisis pregnancy center or something like that. And so it was like an exchange of gifts where like we made our offering as a shepherd, I guess. And then we got cassette tapes and books and stuff back. I'm not sure the biblical principle for the, uh, for, for that type of thing. But yeah, so that was, you're getting a picture. So Christmas Eve consisted of, you know, dinner and, and Luke two, and then going to bed and going to this service and dropping 84 cents in a burlap sack and waking up the next morning to like (laughs) DC talk cassette tapes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty tremendous. Wow. And all of this in the, in the glowing light of our fireplace with no stockings above it. And, uh, the hand carved wooden, nativity scene sort of glowering at us from the table in the corner. Dude, so, so you're telling me you never had the experience of you put up the tree, 
you get all the lights and stuff on, and then you turn off the lights in your living room, and you just kind of look at the tree. You never did that. You do the ooh and the ah. Yeah, no ooh and ah. I mean, uh, a wooden nativity set, when you turn the lights off. It's kinda, just dark, so it's just sort of a, like you would trip over it. Yeah, you know? I mean, it was up on a table, so and it was kind of oh. – so we wouldn't like trip over in the middle of the floor. But yeah, okay. no, so my first Christmas tree experience was after I got married, and, and uh, my wife had to teach me how to decorate a Christmas tree. BP, I mean, that's – uh, yeah, there, there's a lot in that statement, but here's my question. Unpack I, are that. You, I mean, did you get written out of the will when you started putting up a, a Christmas tree? No. You- so, so here's this is shout out to my parents for this. They they have continued to to grow and develop as people as they have gotten older. Uh, a couple years ago, they were living in Knoxville, so just a couple hours away from us for a year after my dad retired from the pastorate, and we went over to their place, and <clears throat> I had. We have cousins who live nearby who own a Christmas tree farm. And so they took my daughters to go cut a Christmas tree and wow. set it up in the house they were living in. So they had a Christmas tree. Now, my, my uh, younger sister, who was living with them at the time, she was just before she went to college, uh, she had some say in this too and had been gently putting pressure on them. And of course, being the youngest, uh, she gets things that I never got. But um, so so they have had a Christmas tree at, for at least one year and so it's not they caved they uh oh, or, or they saw the light world. One of the two. it's a cruel world man but yeah. i was so proud of them for not being stodgy and stick in the mud about it so that's i'm impressed when somebody's almost 70 and willing to try new things yeah man Dude, how Shoot how it. how feasible is it that you could produce one of those burlap sacks man are those still in circulation <laughs> well i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at my parents place for christmas this year i will see if they are among the decorations and if they are i will uh i will snap you know, a photo and yeah share i'd it. love a photo i was just gonna for say sure. yeah, I just, i'd love to see that in fact well, i may just text my mom and see if she can send me get one. yours by by the 17th shepherd's pouch that's right shepherd's, shepherd's pouch. pouch loose change yeah. in cassette tapes out it's magic i'll put <laughs> i love it i'll put a creed dvd and 84 cents in it and then you can exchange <laughs> it for something and send it back to me <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a copy of Die Hard and and my own eighty four cents and we'll be we'll be square. Ronnie, did you have any really fun Christmas traditions? I had exactly no bizarro crazy Christmas traditions. Oh, that's true because you whatsoever. grew up watching like all the classic movies and stuff. You had like the idyllic Christmas experience mm-hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was Christmas tree three weeks before. It was one present on Christmas Eve. We didn't do church services on Christmas Eve because that was family time. Because your parents loved you. That's how evangelical we were. Christmas morning, Mm. we could wake up an hour before the parents, open our stockings. Parents come down. We make the coffee for them. We open up all the gifts. We have the big dinner. It couldn't have been more traditional and less weird and crazy. What did you do like so so this is this always interests me. So my family did more or less the same thing in the mornings, you know, the, the presents and the, the yeah, breakfast yeah. and the coffee and yada yada. After lunchtime, like you have a whole afternoon of emptiness. What did yeah. you do with that time? Yeah, that is the time where uh you know, everybody is like half passed out laying around the living room, especially and, and, after you know, the when midnight you were young, Christmas you're playing Eve with service. all of your toys. And, you know, you're you're just sort of basking in the glow of all the greed and the avarice and the gifts. And, uh, and you know, dad is half passed out on the couch watching some game. Mom is literally slaving away in the kitchen, you know, preparing the food. Uh, you know, company is kind of coming in and out. It's just it's a it's a it's mayhem. Basically, it was mayhem. Yes. Yeah, so. No. And, and the, the fun thing is now that now that we've gotten older, 
you know, so if I'm ever with any of my siblings or anything like that, Christmas night is movie night. We go out oh. to we go out to whatever because because awesome movies are always releasing on Christmas. That's you know, true. so uh, whether it was I think one year it was The Hobbit and things like that. At least I shouldn't say awesome movies, blockbuster yeah. movies. That yeah. did, that one was Theater decided. Movies. That one was decidedly not awesome. Right. But uh, that that has become sort of a fun new Christmas tradition is is hitting the theater uh, on Christmas evening once the kids are sort of all passed out. Right. Did you guys ever go Christmas caroling? Um, oh, I can totally see you just like standing there with snowflakes falling and saying, well, we wish California, you a Merry Christmas. Was, Dude, was except no he was in L.A. It was oh. like 86 degrees. It was it was yeah. 92 degrees. We were right. sweating with our scarves on. Right. And uh, singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. But uh you know, it was uh, it was it was great, and uh, you know we're we're going to be doing a little bit of it this year. I mean, I you know I, you know, fire away, boys. I mean, uh, I, I like it. Oh, really? That I Christmas caroling is the worst idea ever. It doesn't <laughs> add Christmas spirit. It makes people stand there. Now, again, again, I grew up where it was freezing cold in December. It makes people stand there with their door hanging open, shivering, while more shivering people badly yes. sing songs that are overplayed. Yes. Yeah. And then if they know you're coming, they might have like terrible shortbread cookies waiting for you. If they don't know you're coming, it's just sort of like, thanks for interrupting my evening. I'm going to. No, back they always to- give you something. Piper, Dude, it's, it's invasive and awkward. Those are the two words, I think. Piper, it's just hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to hear from the guy that grew up without a Christmas tree. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to take from you. I don't know what to take and what to leave. You know? Well, it yeah. sounds like you're leaving most of most of what I had to say about Christmas. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Which I mean, that's not entirely that's uh, not an entirely problematic. But I mean, I, I listeners can chime in when they hear this. You know, hit us up on Twitter. Christmas caroling, awesome or awful? I'm I'm big. Thumbs you know, down look. Here. Let's be. I'm not going to deny that it's not a little awkward. But I think most things in life that have the potential to be awesome are kind of slightly awkward too. I mean, you know, let's be honest. You know, it's yeah, and then it's and then a, some things that are awkward are just awkward. Right, and you're saying caroling is one of those things. Right, exactly. It did not. It did not sort of reach a, a full realized potential of awesome at any point. I think if you're with the right group of people, the awkwardness can become a you know an opportunity for some right. hilarity. It's, it's the group that said back. it's freezing out here. Let's go to Starbucks and grab coffee and hang out right. instead of interrupting people's evenings. I mean, it, you know, you realize what happens when you when you start walking up the street is you end up you, you have these grand visions of like doing all of these like blocks and you end up doing two houses and then you run to Starbucks and get your red cup and your coffee and you're ready to go. Yep, and That's then you really get condemned happened. to hell because red cup. Right. Well, of course. No. Yeah. Right. You just right. You get to get to you know you get to get to weigh in on Twitter. You know, it's, it's fellas, great. fellas. You know what? Like the uh, like the shepherds. Uh, we've wandered to and fro this afternoon. So, but don't uh, forget to leave your pouch, dude. You know what? I'm going to close the I'm going to close the burlap uh, shepherd's pouch on this episode if I could, man. Um, you guys got anything anything you need to add or want to add before we sign off? Simply to say again, thank you to our sponsor, Missional Wear. Go to missionalwear.com. Also, Calvinist Swag is the name of the site. If you, it, in my mind, so missionalwear.com. Use the code Happy Rant. Get fifteen percent off and an awesome Happy Rant logo sticker that you can uh, you can sport and and show off how awesome we are too. And you know what, uh, Missional Wear? Maybe we could get a Happy Rant uh, shepherd's pouch. Design. Yes, a, a yeah. Happy Rant burlap sack. So that we can all do Christmas in uh, in the right God honoring kind of way. So uh, so get to work on that. 
Um, cause nothing honors the Lord more than swag about your podcast. Amen. So, guys, Amen. we've wandered to and fro. So until next time, Rachel, the held Evans. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.